Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello out there. And welcome to the Chastin Buttigieg Podcast. Chastin? What are you doing? What does it look like I'm doing, Peter? I'm taking over the Miller Frost Podcast. But there's no one here. Yes, I know that, Captain Obvious. Well, Chastin, we're here to celebrate the 200th episode of the Miller Frost Podcast. Oh, hardly. Like I want to see that super evil podcaster Miller Frost. Him calling me a low rank queen from Michigan. Who the hell does he think he is? My husband is the Secretary of Transportation. How dare he talk about me like that? I am not low rent. So you're going to host the podcast? Peter, I swear to God. You are so dense sometimes. What the hell do you think I'm doing? Does it look like I'm baking cookies or something? Justin, you don't bake. Oh, shut up, Peter. Now sit down and be my guest. Well, okay. Now, where was I? Before I was so rudely interrupted. Hello out there. And welcome to the Justin Buttigieg Podcast. I am your host, Chastin Gleesman Buttigieg. And today, we have a very special guest. The Secretary of Transportation, Mayor Pete. Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Hello, Secretary Buttigieg. Hello, Chastin. It's so good to be on the Chastin Buttigieg podcast. Mr. Secretary... And I have to say, Mr. Secretary, you are the best Secretary of Transportation in the history of Secretaries of Transportation. No other Secretary of Transportation has even come close to doing as good a job as you have. And I think, now I could be wrong, but I doubt it. When am I ever wrong? But I think, Mr. Secretary, that creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, he's going to kick that mean old bitch, Queen Kamala, to the curb, make you his new vice president. Oh, my. Yes. Although, for the record, I think that Queen Kamala is doing a wonderful job as vice president. Oh, Really, Peter? Well, all I gotta say is, for the record, she sucks. And apparently she sucked a lot, at least to get to where she is now. I'm just saying. And Willie Brown knows what I'm talking about. Chastin. And then, once you're vice president, 
Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. He can go off to the memory unit. Kick that fake doctor wife of his out too. And then I can be first lady. You know, Chaston, we're doing some really wonderful things at the Department of Transportation. Oh, you want to talk about that? How boring. But whatever. I guess telling me what a wonderful first lady I'd make. I guess that didn't cross your mind. But whatever. So, I guess. What's going on at the Department of Transportation, Secretary Buttigieg? Well, we're really excited about our push to get people to drive electric cars. Even on racist highways? Oh, yes. Since a lot of the precious metals used to make electric car batteries, like copper and cobalt, are mined out of the earth by young black children in Africa, that makes our highways less racist. Oh, I see. That makes total sense to me. In fact, and I was going to surprise you with this later, but Chaston, I even got you an electric vehicle to drive. You did what? I got you an electric car to drive. Oh, Peter. What, Chaston? I don't know how convenient that's going to be for me, driving around in an electric car. I think you'll really enjoy it. Well, how long is the extension cord? You know I got to do a lot of driving sometimes. Chaston, you don't need an extension cord to drive an electric car. It uses batteries. Peter, that's even worse. Like I want to be changing out the batteries all the time. Let me guess. Nine volt. Like anyone even uses them these days. Chaston, it's not like that at all. Oh, I'm sorry. You got a man splaining an electric car to me. Can't even fill one pothole between our house and the dry cleaner where I got to take all your cheap suits all the time. But you know all about electric cars. Well, I am the Secretary of Transportation, which you only got, Peter, for endorsing creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. That was your only qualification for the job. You know what? I changed my mind. I don't want you as my guest anymore. Why don't you sit over there? Act like that weirdo Miller Frost always has around. The one with the creepy-ass ginger fetish. You want me to be like white boy Malcolm X? Yes, Peter. And that means no talking. I don't want to hear another word out of you. And don't undress me with your eyes like he does. Chastin, I'm sure he's not doing that. You calling me ugly or something, Peter? Like men don't like to eye me up? Look at me with pure lust in their eyes? I'm very popular on Twitter. That's not what I meant, Chaston. I know I'm not Colton Underwood. That nasty, dirty whore you're always having sex with. But men look at me, Peter. I'm very desirable. Chaston, for the hundredth time, I've never slept with Colton Underwood. 
I know you weren't sleeping, Peter. You were too busy banging that raging power bottom with a mattress tied to his back. That never happened. His legs all up in the air and stuff. Oh, do me, Daddy Transportation Secretary. Do me like the dirty little slut that I am. Jastin, now that's enough. You know I've never had sex with Carlton Underwood. Lies, Peter. Lies. Jastin, were you sucking bed anyway, Peter? Like having sex with a mannequin. Including the splinters. That nasty whore Carlton Underwood can have you. Like I want to see you naked ever again. Jastin, and you have ruined my podcast. Absolutely ruined it, Peter. Throwing your dirty whore Colton Underwood in my face like that. Chastin, I did not bring up Colton Underwood. Oh, shut up, Peter. I always have to make everything all about you. So you know what? Fine. Whatever, Peter. I'm going home. Give me a ride. Are you sure you don't want to? Peter! Coming, my love. I feel like a a jilted bride right about now. Not that I personally know what that feels like, but I suspect, kind of, sort of, it's like what I'm feeling now. Here we are, having our 200th podcast, belatedly having our 200th podcast. This is our 200th time creating this dumpster fire of a podcast. And where the hell is everyone? I came in here, and it smells like cheap cologne. Something that a low-rank queen from Michigan would be wearing. From the stench, exactly what a low-rank queen from Michigan would be wearing. But no pocket queen, Pete, and no chest in Buttigieg. That low-rank queen from Michigan. Although I probably shouldn't complain about it. Those two, every time they come in here, they're a complete disaster. Now I know our summit mistress, she loves it when they stop by, but they are not here now. Good. And good riddance. Although I suspect. Now I don't know about you folks. And it could just be me. But there is something in the air. Something in the water. People are. It's not even the end of the month. And yet. People are already acting. Like they ran out of their meds. And I just had to. Step away for a couple of days. Yes I know. Another couple of days. I just, I maxed out. I hit crazy overload this past week or so. Like this one from the Atlantic. 
EVs are sending toxic tire particles into the water, soil, and air. Electric cars fix one pollution problem and worsen another. And the Atlantic, for those of you who don't know, that's Steve Jobs' widows, say that 10 times fast, her pet online magazine. And her name is Laureen Powell Jobs. This is what liberal billionaires do. They buy trophy news outlets like Jeff Bezos and his pet newspaper, the Washington Post, where democracy dies in darkness. Oh, oh, speaking of which, Jeff Bezos' pet newspaper, and I don't have the article in front of me, but the headline, the Washington Post is on track to lose something like $100 million this year. But for the billionaire sugar daddy, who knows what would happen to all the insufferable douchebag journalists on their payroll. Oh, we're such great people. We're journalists for the Washington Post. Yes, of course you are, princess. But back to this Atlantic story. These hysterical, upper-class white liberals, these pompous, leftist, douchebag journalists with their first-world white people problems, they hate, 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 hate the internal combustion engine. They're always out there. Ah, we have to get people to drive electric cars even if the carbon footprint to make one is enormous, just with the batteries alone, even if the electrical grid, especially in places like California, it's not going to be able to handle it, handle anywhere near the demand if all 278 million personal vehicles in this country, and I got that number from this article, if they all magically turned electric overnight. But even if we went there, these humorless scowls, they'll somehow find a way, like this article, they'll find a way to bitch and complain about it. And this is what they're bitching about. How's this poll quote? New EV models tend to be heavier and quicker generating more particles and deepening the danger. In other words, EVs have a tire pollution problem and one that is posed to get worse as America begins to adopt electric cars en masse. None of this is inevitable. EVs don't need to be so massive and lightning fast. These are choices that the auto industry has made. All of us will pay a price. So in other words, you have to go electric, but you don't get to have, if they get their way, no Tesla Model S plaid for you. You don't get to go from zero to 60 
in 1.9 seconds anymore. You have to drive electric, but the electric version of like a a crappy Toyota Corolla, which oddly enough, random aside, folks, Toyota Corollas, they're ubiquitous around here. They're everywhere. And I would think that a little baby Toyota Corolla with the donut wheels, not the best car choice to have during a New England winter. But they are everywhere around here. Usually, much like a New Hampshire driver, driving slow in the fast lanes. Probably because they can't go more than 60 miles an hour on that lawnmower engine they use. But anyway, these hysterical ninnies at the Atlantic, like a lot of people out there, And you know who you are. You give them exactly what they want. And they still find a way to bitch about it. And we all know people like this. White boy Malcolm X. Someone. Like if you handed them a million dollars. They're either going to be like. Oh, I wanted twenties, not hundreds. It'll be that. Or. Oh, great. Now I'm going to have to pay taxes. Again, much like everything they report on over at the Atlantic. First world white people problems. Oh, and here's another one. Another perfect example of what I mean. Well, I'll say what I mean by the extra crazy that's out there these days coming in from every direction. And this is from Newsweek, which is about a half step above time. So in other words, worthless. But how's this headline for you? Gender is not a binary. The science is in and there's no legitimate debate. So here we go again. The science. The same science that had all the lemmings out there wearing a mask, wearing two masks, keeping six feet between them and everyone around them while standing outside. That and all the other COVID crazy. A lot of which... Oops, we were wrong after browbeating us with the science. And now the science, the science supports all these needy heterosexual kids with personality disorders and their pretend genders, their super special pain in the ass pronouns. Yes, but of course it does. And the kicker with this article, folks, this was written by Michelle S. Moses, who, of course, get this, white boy Malcolm X, she teaches at the University of Colorado Boulder in the People's Republic of Boulder. 
That's where D-list loser professors who really want to be teaching in Berkeley or at NYU or jerking off to themselves in the mirror if they sit on an Ivy League campus. But they'll never get there. So they wind up at a place like UC Boulder. But the kicker with her, she's a professor of educational foundations, policy, and practice. And she calls herself a philosopher who specializes in ethics and equity. And what's the definition of equity? At least to the woke folk or hysterical white liberals like Professor Michelle here. Everyone equally miserable. So she's not even a scientist. She works in the education department. So she's a fake doctor, just like Dr. Jill Biden. But she's figured out the science, at least when it comes to her bratty students, them coming in, oh, I'm a non-binary, genderqueer, asexual. And my pronouns are zizir za. And there's fake Dr. Michelle handing out participation trophies and probably some extra credit if you're creative enough with your fantasy gender. And I'm sure those folks in the science department, the real scientists over there at UC Boulder, I'm sure more than one of them was like, what the blankety blank, blank, blank. Is that moron in the education department talking about? Exactly. And one last thing. She's a philosopher like my cat is. These pretentious snits who sit on college campuses blowing smoke up each other's asses. Oh, I'm so wonderful and smart. I teach at UC Boulder. Yes, of course you are. And when you mock them for being completely out of touch with reality, which they are, you want to talk about getting butt hurt. Oh, how dare you judge me? I'm a college professor. Completely clueless. The biggest pack of stupid smart people you'll ever meet. They're all hiding on college campuses because they can't make it in the real world. Kind of like this fake doctor hiding out in the education department declaring pretend genders to be real. Okay, princess, if you say so. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From the Daily Mail, award-winning Arkansas teacher, aren't they always? 44, 
is sentenced to 58 days jail after she admitted having sex with student age 17 at home and at school with pervert's husband catching them in bed together. Bless his heart. I think at this point, just a thought here, folks, but I think at this point, every teacher who has gotten some kind of award, Teacher of the Year Award, whatever other dumb awards are out there for teachers, participation trophies. Thank you, White Boy Malcolm X. But I think if a teacher's been given an award, maybe, maybe possibly, the school district, local popo, it might be a good idea if they kept a close watch on that teacher or whatever teachers have gotten an award. Because let's be honest, folks, there are quite a few teachers out there with some award they've gotten, and they're out there. Ah, not that fresh teacher bait. Seducing that fresh teacher bait. Making sweet, sweet love to that fresh teacher bait. And this one's no different. And the horny high school teacher in question, her name is Leah Queen. Queen. Half the queens out there, folks. They're probably thinking, now that's a damn good last name. Exactly. And Leah here, she has been charged with second-degree sexual assault for tapping her some fresh teacher bait. And you want to talk about delayed justice. She banged this kid, handed him free orgasms at school, in her office, and in the bathroom. And she even banged the kid in her own home, which we'll get to in a second. But she did this, banging this kid here, there, and everywhere. That was back in 2010, like 13 years ago. And do you know how she got caught, folks? After 13 years, how she got caught? Her little paramour, the one who got all those free orgasms out of her. And by the way, he was 17 years old when they did this. But he went, get this, folks. He went to Popo last year and tattletailed after, well, I guess at that point it was only 12 years. But after 12 years, he decides to play snitch. I suspect I'm willing to bet damn good money that there's a lawsuit coming. Some strip mall lawyer is going to go after that school district, make him show her boy toy, the Benjamins. And how's this pull quote from the article? Although the age of consent in Arkansas is 16, so Kevin Spacey, you have FIBA files at the Lincoln Project, 
Just a little heads up there. Teachers are only allowed to have sexual relationships with students once they are 18 years old. So you can bang a student, hand out free orgasms all day, every day, but you got to wait until they're 18, which she clearly didn't. If she had just waited, what, a couple of months? None of this would be happening. What? Oh, almost forgot. Thank you, white boy Malcolm X. He's over there, folks. What about the husband? Almost forgot about him. And this one, this little tidbit. I got this one from another article. It was from KNWA. And how's this poll quote? Queen's ex-husband was interviewed during the investigation and reported seeing the victim sharing a bed with Queen on multiple occasions. And here I was, folks. Here I was, almost, maybe possibly, about to feel sorry for the guy. It's bad enough that your significant other is out there banging uglies with someone else behind your back. It's significantly worse when your wife, when she trades you out for a 17-year-old boy. Talk about emasculating. You're not man enough for her. She needs a 17-year-old boy to satisfy her. But if this KNWA story is correct, she got to humiliate him over and over and over again. And he apparently put up with it, which tells you something about him. She's cuckolding this guy with a 17-year-old boy, and he just sat there and took it. Bless his heart. Not being man enough to stop a 17-year-old boy from banging his wife. At some point, you get what you deserve. And remember, ladies, not that you know how to follow instructions, at least some of you, but never, ever, ever, ever get a boy to do a man's job. Remember, ladies, more Sebastian Stan, more Matt Loria, more Dan Reynolds and his sweaty abs, less little Timmy with two chest hairs. This next story is kind of old. I'm just warning you, but I still wanted to cover it. Been sitting on it for a couple weeks now. Might as well get it out on our 200th podcast. And this is from Fox Business. Schumer calls on FDA to investigate Logan Paul's energy drink. Schumer says Prime's marketing claims caffeine content should be investigated by agency. 
Once upon a time, folks, the U.S. Senate, or as I like to call it, the U.S. House of Lords, at one point, it was referred to as the greatest deliberative body in the world. Now, to me, these days anyway, I just think they're a pack of buffoons and clowns. And I know, I already know, Republicans are just as guilty as Democrats on this. I know this goes both ways. Like our favorite bisexual here on the Miller Frost podcast, Ronan Rubenstein. Although not on a Saturday night. There's no going both ways on a Saturday night. Not for Ronan. Allegedly, supposedly. Possibly, maybe. Not for Ronan. He's all one way. Going out, getting banged by half the guys in Los Angeles. Allegedly. So I know this goes both ways. And I'm not talking about Miss Lindsay either. But Chucky Schumer is the Senate Majority Leader. He is, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, the head of, in charge of, the world's greatest deliberative body. And what's Chucky Schumer do to pass the time? Acts like a busybody housewife, like a New York Karen, whining and complaining about some stupid energy drink and how much caffeine they put into it. To Schumer's point, though, don't we have government agencies, hordes of government bureaucrats, to get hysterical over something like this? Something completely trivial like this? Does he really need to put his two cents in on this one? It's like California, what they're doing now. The state is running a multi-billion dollar deficit. They're losing population for the first time in like forever. The state is a mess from hell. California is the Britney Spears of states. A complete train wreck. And what are they focused on? Making the state a sanctuary for abortions. Making the state a sanctuary for children to get their gender-affirming care. So children can trans away that gay. Hand a bunch of bitterly angry black people. What was that? like $700 billion in reparations, which there is no way in hell they will ever be able to pay that bill. It'd be like the Titanic. The ship is sinking, and Gavin Gayface Newsom is like one of the kitchen staff worried about the silver in the first-class dining room not being properly polished. It's a completely unserious way to govern. And Chucky Schumer is the exact same way. 
of all the problems facing this country, of all the problems facing the world that the U.S. needs to lead on. And Princess Chucky Schumer here, he's obsessing about caffeine levels in a sports drink. Really? Talk about a completely unserious way to run a country. Trying to micromanage silly nonsense like this, which they do all the time. And as a random aside, when I saw the name Logan Paul, now I kind of knew who he was. Before this story, I knew the name. I knew he was some sort of social media influencer. But I always thought Logan Paul, he was some little Twinkie boy on YouTube. So when I saw this article and I saw that he was involved, first thing that popped into my head, I was like, what's some little Twinkie boy doing with an energy drink company? So I like Googled him. And folks, let me tell you something. And you queens especially, you're going to want to hear this. Logan Paul, he's not a Twinkie anymore. He's all grown up. And he's this, and I really kind of hate to admit this. He's a strapping stud of a man. Now he still looks like, well, I'll say, a bit of a douchebag. At least to me, that's what he looks like. A douchebag. But he's still a strapping stud of a man. Just my gay two cents for you on that one. So to wrap up today's podcast, folks, our 200th podcast, of course we're going to end with a smoking gun story. That is not optional to go out any other way. But today, folks, today we're going to do a doubleheader. Not one, but two smoking gun stories for you. And yes, folks, they're both out of Florida. I knew that our beloved friends down there in Florida... They would not disappoint, especially on our 200th podcast. So the first one, drunk and disorderly Florida man, redundant, was busted while drinking Florida man beer, cops report. An inebriated Florida man, again, redundant, was drinking a can of Florida Man beer, which will probably rot out your insides, faster than Bud Light will, when arrested Tuesday night for disorderly intoxication. No doubt a misdemeanor. Police report. Seth Thomas, 39, allegedly was yelling at traffic while walking in the roadway in front of traffic and refusing to stop. Yes, that's definitely Florida behavior. Standing in the street, yelling at traffic. 
when he was collared by sheriff's deputies on a street in Seminole, a city in the Tampa Bay area. Thomas, cops say, and by cops they mean poor Tampa Bay Popo, was drinking from a can of Florida man at the time of his arrest. The beer, produced by the Tampa Bay Cigar City Brewing, is a double India pale ale that is brewed from nearly a criminal amount of hops. Don't let Chucky Schumer hear that. And a moderate bitterness that just about matches Florida man's general disposition. You can say that again. Thomas was arrested for disorderly intoxication, a misdemeanor, no kidding, and booked into the Pinellas County Jail. He was released from custody last night after posting a $100 bond. A $100 bond. That is definitely Florida. Thomas's rap sheet includes recent convictions for obstructing police, trespassing, possession of open alcohol, so not his first rodeo with that one, and disorderly intoxication, another rodeo he's well-versed in, like all good Floridians are. And for our last story, folks, as promised, it's another one from the smoking gun. 7-Eleven clerk busted for big gulp battery. Patron struck in head by drink thrown by worker. The big gulp was on the other foot Sunday night in Florida. Of course in Florida. Where a 7-Eleven worker was arrested for striking a female customer in the head with a large cup of lemonade. Cops allege that clerk Miles Taz Jenkins, 35, got frustrated with a customer over payment and threw a big gulp filled with lemonade at the woman. Random. The incident was witnessed by three other customers, according to a criminal complaint, and Jenkins reportedly made spontaneous statements admitted to striking victim Tina Warner with the drink. Again, random. Jenkins was charged. Okay. Now I just think they're trying to trick me or something. With felony battery. Yeah, right. A felony in Florida. Who the hell do they think they're kidding? and booked into the county jail. Jenkins, who was released from custody yesterday afternoon, gave his address as a Clearwater motel. Okay, here we go. Here's the felony part. The alleged battery is being charged as a felony due to Jenkins having a prior conviction for sexually battering a young girl a crime for which he served several years in custody. So in Florida, if I have this right, if I have this correct, if you sexually assault one person, go to jail for it, and then 
a couple years later, throw lemonade on someone else, the prior sexual assault makes throwing the lemonade a felony. That's Floridian logic. A perfect example of Floridian logic. Pretty much everything else in the state of Florida, as we know all too well here on the Miller Frost podcast, pretty much everything else you can get in trouble with Popo over is a misdemeanor. But not this, apparently. Not lemonade after a sexual assault. And I was going to reimagine this for you, white boy Malcolm X. But, nah. We'll do it another time. So on that note, since I cannot top 200 podcasts of the Miller Frost podcast and this dopey 7-Eleven clerk getting busted for tossing lemonade at a customer, even if he was charged with a Floridian felony, which is generally an oxymoron, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this 200th episode of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a good start to your weekend, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, Take care. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.